Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to This Full Life, a platform dedicated to inspirational conversation, courageous individuals, and my desire to learn more about the world I live in. I'm Tara Davis. I am back with Delara, and today we are going to talk about fear and faith, or fear and trust. When I sent this topic to you, it was so awesome because actually I watched kind of the evolution from our last talk. Mm Mm-hmm. And it got down to last week, and I thought, man, what are we going to talk about? And, of course, for me, it's just pay attention to what's going on mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. and those immediately connected to me and what seems to be the theme. Mm-hmm. And so, and and then I wanted to take it, so that's just on the micro scale, and then I wanted to take it to the bigger place where you have so much expertise mm-hmm. in the realm of socialism and being not society mm-hmm. and being out there in a bigger picture of fear and faith or fear and trust and how that looks. And so just on that little bitty scale for me, I just watched my own pieces of fear and we kind of started talking about this earlier and then I said, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Because we could just keep going. So, and, and you tapped on something good, which is what I want to bring in. So just my little piece yeah. of fear this past couple of weeks is wanting to step into that bigger greatness Mm -hmm. of myself. Mm -hmm. And so for the longest time, I've been wanting to teach workshops and really get out on a bigger scale with my coaching. I've loved the one-on-one. It's been great. I feel really called to be able to do bigger groups and just that synergy around a group Mm. is fun. Yeah. Especially women. It's so supportive. There's so much comes out of it. And so I want to be on that bigger scale. The fear is crazy of being seen Mm. for everything that I have and am and be. Mm -hmm. Um, It's putting myself out there for all of those reasons, but it's what I want to do. And then there's fear. Mm -hmm. And so I've just been really watching what, um, what comes from that fear, what procrastination comes from that fear, judgment on others because I'm afraid, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, crabbiness, Because Mm -hmm. I have this fear hanging out in the back of my mind, and so then I outwardly am crabby. Mm -hmm. So just observing all of that fear going on internally, Mm -hmm. and what what is produced from that little piece of my own fear. And I think I wanted to bring that out because I feel like we could probably all relate to, and maybe we don't even realize when there's something going on in the background, Mm -hmm. and I'm just using fear, all these other things are stemming from what's playing in the background and maybe we don't recognize it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're right on. Um, you know, so in talking about fear, often what strikes me is that sometimes it's not what we think 
And um, sometimes the fear is the root, but sometimes the fear is the the blossom or the thing, something, some manifestation that actually has something else underneath. It. Sometimes it is the thing that's underneath, and sometimes there's something else that's underneath the fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, uh, as a yoga teacher. Um, along the path of yoga, we come to understand ourselves as, as being aligned with a movement toward wholeness and oneness on a micro scale, individually, each of us as human beings Mm -hmm. on a larger scale in family units and community and on a global scale Mm -hmm. as, as a human, as a human race, as a, you know, all of us as human beings, as one, as one big human race. Um, and rather than thinking about these various levels of wholeness as, um, what do I want to say, being unattainable or like that's a nice thought, but maybe not, because, because we're immersed in the obstacles toward that wholeness, right? right? Um, fear being one of those obstacles. Mm-hmm. So rather than seeing these, you know, this, this idea of oneness as either idealistic or so huge that we may never get there... <laughs> It's, it's helpful, just like, you know, just like what you were just saying, Tara, about it's, it's helpful to see how on an everyday basis and the little things that we face, there are opportunities to move toward that wholeness. Right. So what you're noticing for yourself is in order for you to move toward the, the fuller expression of who you are and what you have to offer in this world, there's this piece that creates a little anxiety for you or a lot of anxiety for you <laughs> right. because you're not experienced with it yet. I mean, mm-hmm. really, that's kind of what it boils down to, yes. right? Yes. Had you been giving workshops, even sporadically your whole life, you would have right. been like, well, this is just like another workshop or another... Right. So I'm the, the subject area might be new and I might be feeling nervous about that, but I can figure it out, you know? Right. Um, but this is not something you have experience with. And May, so I've that, done like five. Right. <laughs> you know? so, so that's where the hesitation is because it's unknown. Mm-hmm. And what strikes me about fear on any of these levels, you know, individually, in groups, and globally, is that ultimately what is factoring in is something that is not known to us or that we see as other. Mm-hmm. It's a separation. It's a separation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, what's good, what's helpful for us to realize in those moments when all of a sudden we notice we're paralyzed or we're procrastinating or we're distracting ourselves or, you know, all of those things that show up when we feel nervous or scared about something, um, the first step is always to come into alignment with yourself. Right, and do just what you did exactly. Is you know <laughs> because the because there is a there's a biological physiological response around fear, and we as beings are designed such that our brain is magnificent at keeping the body alive, essentially. Right. Right. So when something is threatening us, there are all of these processes that spring into place in our in our bodies and in our brains to help us stay alive, essentially. One of those things is, you know, the, the amygdala gets triggered. Your, mm-hmm. your, your lovely reptilian brain gets triggered and you move into that freeze. Like, if I just don't move, maybe people won't notice, right? That's that paralysis. That's that paralysis yeah. that can sometimes take over us. We freeze the breath. We might take in a breath suddenly and hold it. Um, 
or we might fight. We might go into this like man, like we might start breathing really, really fast, fast and shallow, mm-hmm. and we might become manic in our in our movements and need to run or need to busy or need to distract. Yeah, and, you know, right. So, um, so physiologically, there is a response that we have, and then psychologically, there are, there are patterns that we begin to follow, and that's the thread that I wanted to tease out a little bit. So, in yoga philosophy, there is an understanding of the being, the human being, as having several different layers or sheaths is the word as it translates from Sanskrit. Kosha is the word in Sanskrit, Mm -hmm. if you want to. (laughs) Um, So these sheaths or koshas um, are very, there are five, and one ranging from very dense and obvious, palpable, to very subtle and hard to get a handle on. So your body is one of those sheaths, and obviously like your body has physical substance, it moves through the world, it has agency, you know, and it's very obvious what your body is. Your breath is another aspect of who you are and what you are as a human being. Your mind, your conscious mind, the mm-hmm. thoughts that we have, controlling those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, the higher mind, the mm-hmm. higher consciousness, sometimes not quite the same thing as conscience, although I think there's some relationship there, mm-hmm. but it's that part of you that's... Sometimes we think of it as meta, like when you're able to watch yourself doing something mm-hmm. and you realize what you're doing, that mm-hmm. realization comes from that higher consciousness, right. right? It's not just your stream of thoughts that's going, going, going. It's like all of a sudden you've separated yourself and you're like, hey, why are you reaching for that food that you're not supposed to be right? reaching for? <laughs> right. Like I've been observing my whole, like the last couple of weeks right. of my own behavior. Exactly. And the fear. Stemming from that piece of fear exactly. and anxiety. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Exactly. And then the deepest layer, the most subtle, hardest to get a handle on layer or sheath is, is your bliss layer. And it's different than what we might think of as a soul, and it's different than what we might think of as a spirit, but your bliss layer is that part of you that begins to touch into the spiritual. Um, again, it's not, it, it's, it's so, I mean, all of these things, once we get into that realm, it's so hard to delineate and, you know, and ultimately it's all part of the same whole, right? Right. But the, the, your bliss layer is sort of like, um, if we were to liken it to a computer, it's like where you are hard programmed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's your, it's your motherboard, it's your hard drive. Mm-hmm. And in that bliss layer, we accumulate what are called samskaras, S-A-M-S-K-A-R-A, just for mm-hmm. context, samskaras. Samskaras are basically like impressions. So if you think of your bliss layer, your you know, this deep, reservoir of programming of who you are in the world and how you function as being like a, like a vinyl record I'm totally throwing back and people are like what are vinyl records <laughs> that shows my age that's okay <laughs> yep. so a vinyl record that doesn't have any grooves on it yet okay. that's how you are born and there's some argument about like you could even have some scars before you're born but let's just say for right. the sake of the conversation as you experience things and because of your genetics grooves mm. begin to be Mm-hmm. etched into this vinyl surface, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these grooves are automatic things like you wake up in the morning and you go to bed at night. That's a samskara. It's something that's, that helps you live. Okay. The vast majority of samskaras that we have, the vast majority of those impressions that program us are helpful to our everyday living. Mm-hmm. Um, the habits that we have, you need food to eat. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a, you know, an impression. You need to have food to eat to, to survive. You need water. You need you know, all these things. Then when we get into more of the psychological, emotional aspects of some scars, now we begin to see, you know, where it can go awry. So all of us have experienced some negative incident in our life. Right. 
And when we are in complete alignment and we're doing our work and we have consciousness and we have unity between all those different aspects of who we are, oftentimes those experiences affect us in the moment and then we move on. So it makes a very gentle impression, mm -hmm. but it doesn't, um, it doesn't like throw us off completely. Mm -hmm. However, when we go through trauma, when we go through repre repeated trauma or repeated um, beliefs or experiences mm -hmm. that alter the way we think, now the groove gets deeper every time that record goes around mm -hmm. and gets deeper and deeper and deeper and it becomes belief and it becomes mm -hmm. sort of like canon within your consciousness. Yep. Um, think of any, you know, any sort of core issue that people have. I'm not good enough. Right. Um, I'm never going to amount to anything. Um, I can't be alone. I have to be around other people. Um, I'm not safe. I mean, all of these things that can be paralyzing mm -hmm. and can really be triggered when even just the slightest bit of anxiety comes up for us, mm -hmm. those all come from those samskaras. Mm -hmm. so, so at the root of everything, and, and again, you know, they become deeper because we're rehearsing them again and again Absolutely. and again, right? Does that Oh, does yes. That fit? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so sometimes a little anxiety will come our way. And again, when we're in alignment and we're breathing and we're opening all the channels of energy to flow through us clearly it's easy to let it go and refocus and be like, no, but I need to be, I need to be looking at this. I need to be doing this work right now, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> but when those samskaras become really deep, it's harder for us to pull ourselves out. And that's mm -hmm. when I think those like fear becomes really big. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> there are lots of things that can happen on an every, in our everyday lives that trigger fear for us. And again, it's helpful because I think it helps us steer ourselves toward where is my best alignment and where am I straying off the path? So as you're talking, this is what came up um, for me today as I was out running. So I just really tuned in and said, okay, well, what is this fear? And I said, we, because I'm, I'm um, inviting all of me in. Mm -hmm. What is this fear that I have about getting up again? And, and I say again, because mm -hmm. I've done it five times <laughs> around that. But anyway, and well, and I used to teach um, aerobic classes. So I was in front of a big group mm -hmm. of women, but in saying that I forgot that I had taught. That's what came up for me today. As I was out running, I said, what, what is it that we're so afraid of? What is this big fear that is creating this pit in my stomach? And immediately I was taken back to my very first class that I taught at the Y. Mm -hmm. It was an aerobic class. And I was still in the middle of getting my certifications, but my instructor was like, you know, this is great. Um, somebody was sick that day. Mm -hmm. um, you've been practicing. You totally have this. Well, unbeknownst to me, she wasn't the best coach for me um, from the perspective that she really just threw me in front of the wolves and I hadn't been fully coached, mm -hmm. trained. I didn't know music cues. Like she just said, oh, you're great. You're fine. And I that's... Still, I didn't remember how big of an impact that has had on me because that was the first thing that popped in was <gasps> that piece of yeah. me standing up in front of, I don't know, probably 25 women. And I think for an hour I did the same like three steps <laughs> and I was mortified yeah. because yeah. I didn't realize, and I was naive at the time, right? So that piece of fear has dug in in that record for me so deep that that is what has been playing in the back of my mind and I didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. So we had a chat, mm -hmm. that 20-some-year-old girl and I, of mine, you know, had this chat about, okay, so this is what happened, and this is what she did. So I felt less anxiety mm -hmm. after revisiting that piece of mm -hmm. me 
of that piece of fear where it's just been really dug in and I've been replaying it and replaying mm-hmm. it for like 20 years now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that piece. Yep. So that completely resonates with me. And it's held you back, right? Every completely time you rehearse it. I mean, a belief, so my, um, one of my yoga teachers often says, a belief is simply a rehearsed thought. Absolutely. The more and more you rehearse and you repeat a thought to yourself, mm-hmm. the more and more it entrenches itself into your programming. Right? Because if I would have had an amazing coach, which I finally got mm-hmm. one that was super good and taught me everything I needed to know, had I had that at the beginning, I would have thought, man, I am such a great aerobic instructor. Mm-hmm. I'm such a great step coach. And that would have continually replayed. Yeah. And I'd probably, I mean, I would have anxiety still right now, but not to the degree of like this pit in my stomach. Right. Of like, oh my God, I'm just going to fail again and fall on my face. Yeah. Right? So it's whatever we're replaying. Mm -hmm. And it's also, you know, so the other thing that you just touched on is, you know, the the reality is that we're meant to make mistakes. We're meant to be imperfect. Um, That's how we learn. Stress helps us grow. You know, not distress necessarily. I mean, distress also helps us grow. But any kind of stressor in our Mm -hmm. life helps us grow. Um, a butterfly as it's emerging from its right. cocoon phase coming out of the chrysalis um, develops the full strength of its wings by feeling the pressure of the chrysalis around it. If it's cut open and the butterfly is allowed to just come out effortlessly, it never feels that stress of mm-hmm. being confined. And so it doesn't know that it needs to strengthen its wings mm-hmm. and it ends up feeling more shriveled. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, right on, you know, like we need to, when we are in alignment, when we feel that stress coming at us, we're able to lean into it and ask it, what are you trying to teach me? And that's that, that's that step of discernment around, is this fear coming from my programming? Is this fear coming from my intuition and my wisdom? Mm-hmm. Is this fear reaction to something that's happening because something else is off for me? You know, mm-hmm. If I haven't been taking care of my body and that's not in alignment for me, then it's possible that I'm being, uh, I'm sort of misleading myself, you know, like mm-hmm. when, when I've not eaten enough, it's, the, it's sort of that way that we can get fuzzy brain or even irritable brain if we're hypoglycemic mm-hmm. or if there's, if there's something off in our system, um, haven't been hydrating enough, haven't been eating mm-hmm. a, a good combination of things for us. And that's different for everybody. Um, but yeah, you know, and so, and so that's what I was saying before about like, sometimes fear is fear and sometimes fear is actually something different. Mm-hmm. So sometimes fear comes from these messages that we're replaying and rehearsing and, and creating belief for ourselves around failure or around success, you know, right. that's the other side of the coin that I think a lot of people don't realize is happening for them, which is that, um, it's not so much that you're f- afraid of failing as much as you're actually afraid of succeeding. And then what? Completely. <laughs> oh, I've already thought about that. So what if I do get all my dreams to come true? Exactly. What the hell? Exactly. Right. Right. What does that look like for me? Right. Exactly. exactly. Well, thank God it just doesn't come all in one day. <laughs> right. You know, so learning how to um, experience whatever comes at us from a perspective of learning, seeing it as a teacher and not seeing it as other than. So that's another step in that process of working through fear um, is what are the what are the antidotes to it? You know, rather than pushing it away, because if we push it away, then we say, you're not me, you're mm-hmm. other, you know, I mm-hmm. see you fear. I see you over there and I'm going to, I'm going to squash you. I don't know how helpful that approach right. is either, because then we're not, 
it's sort of like we're dis, uh, we're separating ourselves mm-hmm. from a part of ourselves, mm-hmm. right? You were so wise to think about like where is this really coming from and remembering this younger version of you who had this right. experience that felt traumatic, right? And that felt you know. Um, like when you were explaining that, I'm like, it feels almost like they pulled, you know, like you had the rug pulled out from underneath you. Right. So there's nothing for you to trust. Right. There's no foundation for you to stand on at all. Yes. And that is a <laughs> perfect piece because yes, that was something else that I was kind of tapping into this morning, um, was the trust. Like, I don't know that I know how to trust myself in that mm-hmm. realm because my very first experience, yes. <laughs> And I was just like, holy crap, we're yeah. still doing the same three, I, no one's walked out of my class yet, but yeah. you know, yeah, it was traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I will do more. Um, I will have another chat. Yeah. Well, and so with my 22 year old. Right. And, and, you know, maybe asking her what's the learning there? You know, what was that really about? Mm-hmm. Because part of it is about whatever support you received. And part of it, it was about you being okay with who you were. Right. Right. Or, or not. Or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And so again, that, that separation, when we begin to see a part of ourselves as other than, and this applies, you know, in every aspect of life, it applies with, with weight loss. It applies with getting over habits. It applies, you know, what if I never, what if I can never quit smoking or what mm-hmm. if I can never uh, manage my eating or what, you know, all of these things that we worry ourselves with all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's important for us to be healthy and that can look like a lot of different things. And when we, again, when we push something away as though it's other than, I think we, it, we're, it's sort of like cutting off a little part of ourselves in order mm-hmm. to fix the rest, but you're still not whole. Right. Right. <laughs> so then it becomes like, how can I sit with you? Oh, part of me that I don't necessarily know how to relate to. How can I sit with you, fear of failure? How can I invite you to have tea with me, fear of success? Um, You know, and embracing those parts of ourselves in such a way that allows for growth to happen. Because if we're not in alignment with every piece of ourselves, then we can't move forward. It's not like you can leave your leg behind, right? Right. Because your leg's bothering you. You Right. (laughs) In order to move forward, you need all of you. So yeah, you know, that's, it's, 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 for me, it's particularly interesting to frame it that way because it brings us out of that duality, you know, Mm -hmm. faith and trust are the same thing on a continuum that you have more or less of one or the other, Mm -hmm. but they're the same thing in and of itself. Right. And when we are in that place of fear, in that place of separation, we've effectively separated ourselves from faith Mm -hmm. and love and trust. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's one or the other. It's either fear mm-hmm. or love, mm-hmm. right? And so when I am in that place of fear, I am separating myself from the divine, from the universe. So I'm separating them, myself from that peace. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, um, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? But almost voting myself off the island, but then saying that, I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I know how to handle this. Mm-hmm. I need to be in my fear. So wrapping my head around, you know, where I want to be and then continually telling myself whatever story I'm creating in the moment mm-hmm. around that fear. And it was so, um, I can say now, several hours later after this morning running, but watching myself and feeling the anxiety in my body, mm. feeling my body get so worked up about this piece of fear that I was in 
and observing it. Um, and then also, then something else popped in about there. Were, I was frustrated um, with my husband, but then here's what else popped in with that piece of fear. Because I said, well, what, you know, I was, normally I listen to music or a podcast and this morning I was just, like, it was so loud and clear, I don't even listen to anything. Mm -hmm. I just needed to to get out and run. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then all this stuff starts, you know, churning. Sure. And so what else came up for me was that I wanted to call, you know, my husband and get this piece out on the table. But then it was interesting because there was so much anxiety running through my body. And I said, okay, well, what is this? What is all of this? Because clearly it's just not this one menial little thing mm-hmm. that we left unspoken. Mm-hmm. There was another piece that I hadn't taken care of hmm. with someone else. Hmm. And I just thought, oh, right. I need to take care of that piece. That's why this piece over here that's super menial with my husband is causing so much riff right now. Hmm. But then I noticed that fear again of, I coach everyone all the time, just be in your truth and speak your truth because that is what will serve you the best. Whatever you have to say or make amends for, yet then it comes to me. Mm. (laughs) So I called this person and said, oh my gosh, this is what was going on. And I'm just really sorry. Like I'm Mm. fully taking responsibility for what went down. And as soon as I did, oh my God, the fear. (laughs) And then I watched the fear of my speaking. Yeah. So this was all tangled up in together. Yeah. And I got home from running and my body felt so much better because yeah. it was just so much um, entangled within. Like I was, mm-hmm. my stomach was yucky. Like my body was just crazy feeling mm-hmm. with all of that in there. Absolutely. I had separated myself Yeah. from the piece of love. I was fully subscribing to the fear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a quote in the Baha'i writings um, that love is a light that never dwelleth in a heart possessed by fear. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me um, seeing those two being not pitted against each other, but, you know, be, one right. being the antidote for the other. Right. Because usually, as you introduced in the beginning, we think of faith and trust as being the solution for fear. And, you know, this idea of seeing love as the solution is interesting. I mean, love is a solution for a lot of things. But um, because love brings us into union. Mm-hmm. Love brings us into wholeness. And there are, then that love looks like faith or it looks like trust or it looks like reliance or it looks like um, shedding the, you know, activities or, or things to do to shed the fear. But it's ultimately love, which right. is a, an integrative force. So, you know, as we experience the world, there are things that we do that are integrating forces in our lives, and then there are disintegrating forces. And all you have to do is watch the news to get any kind of example (laughs) of disintegrative force in the world today. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and the integrating forces, interestingly, we don't talk about them as much. Mm. It's, It's always fascinated me, and one of the biggest reasons that I just don't watch, you know, local news or really connect with news Mm -hmm. outlets in general. Um... Other, you know, other than to sort of get a get a feel for like, so what's happening in the what's world today? Right. Generally, you know, right? Because we tend to focus on the disintegration mm-hmm. and not enough on the integration, mm-hmm. and that shift in attention can be really dangerous. Because as we also know, you know, from a yogic philosophy, where attention goes, energy flows. Right. 
So if we're constantly putting our attention to everything around us that's disintegrating, which by the way, that's kind of what's supposed to happen. In nature, this is the constant cycle of disintegration and integration. Mm -hmm. A tree, it becomes integrated, it grows from its seed, it, it bears fruit, and then it decomposes. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it's supposed to do. And then the cycle begins again. So all of us, everything in the physical world is designed that way. It's not designed to last forever. So this sometimes unhealthy, often unhealthy attachment that we have to like, no, we need to maintain this or no, we need to <laughs> return to this philosophy or right. that way of thinking or whatever. It's like, this is a, this is a, this is a losing battle, people. <laughs> you know, right. We're trying to reclaim something that was meant to evolve and decompose and then mm. grow something new. So when we can align ourselves with those processes of integration and allow this integration to happen on its own, then we see those opportunities for something new to be born. Again, within ourselves, in our relationships with other people, and globally. Mm -hmm. you know? um, so yeah, so thinking, thinking about these dynamics then on a, on a broader scale, you know, the reality is that in the way that we're talking about fear and love, um, we're speaking of it from a very, um, I want to use the word privileged from a very privileged perspective, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. in that right. we're sitting here in your lovely home. We're safe. There are not like planes flying overhead that are about mm -hmm. to drop bombs. There's not a bomb shelter in the bottom of this building that mm -hmm. we run drills, you know, for on a weekly basis. And I have friends who live in other parts of the world. That is their daily experience. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. people that I've gone to high school with who live in other parts of the world who, weekly practice you know like like disaster drills and scoop up their kids and like go into the bomb shelter that's underneath their apartment building that it like it's it boggles my mind right like that <laughs> you know? is their reality right because that's not my reality mm -hmm. here in this you know but but there are realities for people who live around us who are our neighbors who are our family members who are our community members that make it really almost impossible to break from fear because they, you know, we are immersed. We are so immersed in it. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, you were talking about the this, this social justice piece. So thinking about that, for example, you know, if based on the color of your skin, you move through the world such that people treat you differently all the time, and you notice it, mm. it's like you're in a heightened state of fear all the time. Right. Fear of getting pulled over. Fear of being fear of being followed through a store because somebody thinks you're going to shoplift something. Mm -hmm fear of um, somebody saying something rude to you, fear of being denied a job because of how you look or what your name is, fear, you know, all of these different things that you have no control over, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this, you know, and thing you had no control over your experience that you had when you first stepped into teaching. Mm -hmm. um, those are not things we have control over. The things that create fear and anxiety for us often are well out of our control. And so, you know, what is the antidote there? Because surely it's not just have a loving attitude. Right. <laughs> you know, that's not right? what we're I mean, that's what about. I want to say. Bring in love. But right. really, this is a life or death situation. Right. So where, and so as you, as you are talking, you know, about this continual place of fear that one could potentially be in, then it almost creates your aura mm -hmm. that, you know, we all have, we all, and I don't want to get too woo woo, but you know, we all have this energy field around Absolutely. us, right? And so um, the energy field is what is maintained through your beliefs and what you speak and what you think. And so this is what the vibe that you send out ahead of you. And so if we are continually in that unfortunate place of fear, 
it's already presenting itself before we've walked in the door. Mm-hmm. So your vibe is already out there. And yeah, as you do speak, I'm just thinking, right. And some of these, someone who lives in this particular life of continually being in that place of fear isn't choosing to be in that place of fear, isn't choosing to put out that fear vibe Mm -hmm. 10 feet ahead of them before they walk into some place. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. There was a, um, a show that I was watching the other night on TV and, uh, there was a, there was a piece of the, it wasn't germane to the main storyline necessarily, but there was a scene in which this African-American couple was basically educating their 12 year old son about what to do if he ever finds himself in a situation where the police are asking him to not, not probably asking, but you know, are telling him, you know, freeze, put your hands up and coaching him through this whole scenario of put your hands on your head and say, yes, sir, no, sir. And, you know, do exactly what the police officer says and, you know, like coaching him through. And again, I thought to myself, that is not a reality that like, I was not coached when I was a 12 year old, you know, and I have dark er skin, but I definitely don't look Mm African-American. Um, that's not something that I've experienced, you know, and, and then thinking for that child, again, like in this, in this understanding of samskaras and the programming that we receive, Mm -hmm. this is the programming that this child is receiving Mm -hmm. for his benefit. Right. But you know, like just thinking about the impact of that and the messages around that, that you are not valuable. Mm -hmm. Your life is not valuable enough that you would be tr- that you could expect to be treated with respect mm-hmm. that you could expect to be treated with safety that you could expect to be afforded these opportunities and that's why I use the word privilege you know again it's not like you know I'm not abundantly wealthy I'm not you know like that's not what I'm mm-hmm. talking about when it comes to privilege I've had to work hard for a lot of things in my life too but mm-hmm. that is not my reality mm-hmm. and that's the privilege that I don't walk around the world with this weight on my shoulder mm-hmm. all the time of what if what if mm-hmm. I get pulled over? What if, you know, what if guns are involved the next time that I do something? And so, again, in that, in that layer of, like, the beliefs that we receive, so how do we then, sh- you know, shift things for ourselves individually uh, on a community level and globally when it comes to cr- understanding the value of every human life, mm-hmm. every human life, no matter what country they were born in, no matter what age they are, no matter if they're big or small, dark-skinned or light-skinned, every human life. Mm-hmm. And then expanding it beyond that, the life of every living thing, you know, the mm-hmm. life of the planet, the life of everything around us. But let's start with people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. and what does that look like to alleviate that level of fear? So I would still say it starts with love, but it starts with our love. Those mm-hmm. of us who have the privilege, it starts with our love. It starts with our love for others Mm -hmm. and not seeing them as other recognizing them for who they are so i'm not saying anything about color blindness because that's another ridiculous you know like that's not what we're after we're like oh i don't see color no i recognize you have dark skin and i value your life Mm -hmm. i recognize that you're not from my country and i value your life and i respect you for being a human being Mm -hmm. i see you i see your difference i see you and i respect you that's the love that integrates right right which is why i think um, to use your words, privileged, that perhaps that is part of our purpose is mm-hmm. to take the privilege that we have mm-hmm. and maybe the perspective that we have mm-hmm. to grow that love mm-hmm. and to take it into someplace else that doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. 
And so when you talk about othering or others, mm-hmm. do you listen to Tara Brock? Not often, but I mean, I'm aware so of her work. And, yeah. Her last two episodes that I listened to were on othering. Mm. And it just really um, awakened a lot for me. And so when you talk about othering, yes, or others, it's othering. It's you mm-hmm. versus me, mm-hmm. me versus you. Mm-hmm. And even we don't, when we don't want to be on that level, that reptilian brain will take over and yeah. it's me versus you. Mm-hmm. And as much as we try to stop it what I learned from her talks were you can recognize it Mm -hmm. so see it for what it is Mm -hmm. just look at it Mm -hmm. because the more that you try not to look at it you're just running up an uphill battle yeah and so looking at it for what it is oh so you have a different color so all of my teaching and all of my upbringing and all of my social surroundings Mm -hmm. have taught me this against you Mm mm-hmm so recognizing that and then saying, okay, but this is what I'm choosing to do now. Mm. So just being with whatever comes up and then being with whatever way you want to choose. Mm. If you want to shift that direction or not, if you want to go in a different direction. So being with wherever you are, but not othering from, and she actually touched on like 12 different levels of othering mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in our society. Absolutely. I mean, you know, individuals, individuals with disabilities, individuals who, um, differences, you know, in terms of gender and identity and, and, um, sexual preference, mm-hmm. different male and female differences. in you know, there's, there's so many different ways, economic level, educational level. Yes. Job type. Yes. States, you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, you're from Illinois. I'm joking. <laughs> You know, like like there, we could come up with so Mm -hmm. many different reasons. So many different reasons. Yes. But does that bring us into wholeness? No. (laughs) You know, right? It doesn't. And I feel like that is um, part of my ongoing practice is to continually break down just my own, Mm -hmm. my own barriers, and to be super mindful of what goes on internally, and just be observing of my thoughts. Because there's a gazillion going on yeah. all the time. Yeah. And so just being in that observate that place of observation of, yep, I heard you and okay, so anyway, and then going on with yeah. what it is that I'm choosing to do mm-hmm. versus what my conditioning. And it does start to get quieter. Mm-hmm. I mean I've realized over the last probably, you know, I've been really practicing this for like ten years, and I do know that it gets easier and the voices lessen. I don't know that they will ever go away. Maybe not. Yeah. But that's the practice, right? Absolutely. I may never be able to do a beautiful headstand, but the practice is moving toward that. Right. Um, You know, so in my yoga practice on the mat and off the mat, it looks like that, that constant revisiting Mm -hmm. and, and taking away the barriers and inviting into my space that is the things that I'm uncomfortable about and being with those things and recognizing those as part of me. And, and part of the whole and embracing it with love. And if, you know, so if fear within me, if I loved you, what would that look like? It like, and the steps that you're taking. So engaging in this experience of learning to give you, to give you more experience, to give you more confidence. Mm-hmm. That's a form of love. Yes. You right. Know? Like that's an integrative force. It's, you're not doing it because you're afraid. You're not doing it because you're afraid of failure and you're, and you're therefore you're trying to stop that train. You're doing it because you love yourself and wholeness Right. And you've decided that this is an expression of that love. Yes. Thank and you. That it's just, a, it, I mean, it's the same result maybe, but it's a different framing. Yeah. And it's powerful. 
I love that perspective. I love the perspective of I am doing it out of love mm-hmm. because I'm not doing it out of fear. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it in the first place. Right, right. Um, it is because I know that it, that it is the bigger expression of myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think we can all tap into what is that place of fear. I mean, we are all literally here to serve, to be mm-hmm. of service. That mm-hmm. is what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Whatever that piece looks like for you yeah. in whatever capacity um, it looks like to be of service. And so I just invite everybody that's listening to tap into that piece that you are super afraid of. And it might, you might have to dig because I know there are so many people in service. Like I'm in service. You are in service. Mm -hmm. I'm still freaking afraid (laughs) of being in that place. Yeah. And then there are some who are not of service that might think I'm not here to be of service. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm here to do, but to start tapping into that place. We all know what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're not willing to accept it, or maybe we're not willing to look at it, or maybe it's just so deeply buried because we're afraid of something mm-hmm. in that piece, in that scope. So yeah, I just invite you to start looking to see what that piece of fear is for you mm-hmm. and where we can bring and shine love into that piece to bring it out because we are all here just to be of service. Mm-hmm. And then again, to recognize what, you know, so we've been talking primarily about fear as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what feels like fear as a barrier is really just a hard no. And it's for for protection and it's for um, your safety and it's, and it's for, and it's in order to move you into wholeness that, that it feels like fear when it comes up, but really it's just a no, like, don't, like, don't walk into this job because you aren't, it's not going to be fulfilling. Don't enter this relationship because it's not going, it's, it's not what it looks like. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, those are, those can be seen as fears also, um, in just in the realm of relationship, for example, like, do I like this person? Do I not like this person? You know, could we be a match? Could we not be a match? All those questions. I'm afraid. What if it works out? What if it doesn't work out? That's a natural process of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. But there are things that come up that we feel in our body very differently that are just like, no, this is just a no. Right. This is a don't go down this alley. Right. (laughs) This is a don't go down this road. It falls off at the end of, you know, at the end of it and there's a cliff and you'll die. Right. (laughs) You know, and so recognizing those things for ourselves too, developing that discernment. But in order to, in order to reach that kind of, or in order to, to be in that space of being able to tell the difference, we have to embrace it to begin with, you know, and, and consider it. Um, my, uh, son is, is taking karate and, uh, so he had his belt test on Saturday and, you know, moved up to a higher belt. And one of the questions that they ask is how do you know when somebody is a bad guy? They simplify it for the kids, obviously. Right. Like, how do you know somebody is a bad guy? They don't look like a bad guy. They're not like wearing a mask or they're not dressed in, you know, clothes or whatever. So how do you know? And the, <coughs> the coaching or the answer that the teacher was looking for was because of that uh oh feeling you get in your body, Mm -hmm. you know, that uh oh feeling when it arises, that's when the moment of discernment begins. or that's when the process of discernment begins. That uh oh feeling comes up in me. Is this a fear because I'm nervous and I'm unsure and it's coming from my samskaras and it's coming from my lack of experience or, or experience. And you know, is that, is that where this uh oh feeling is coming from? Or is this just like not cool? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is this just which is so awesome wrong. that they are teaching the intuition yeah. piece? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and 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 recognizing that. Um, 
So yeah, that's, you know, and that's, I think maybe a whole other conversation, but just, but even just understanding that difference, that the, the potential difference, because, because our intuition and our instinct and our inner knowing that higher consciousness mm -hmm. has a lot to teach us also. And, and when it is aware that something is, um, is a no, when we don't honor it, we usually put ourselves in danger mm -hmm. and then we, we continue that disintegration. We continue that moving away from wholeness versus honoring that you make room for everything that's supposed to be a positive for you, a yes, mm -hmm. a confirmation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think that when we, um, I, I like that you tapped into that piece of intuition because yes, I think that is a conversation because I've had it written down on my desk for a little while that we need to talk about intuition. And mm -hmm. so I thought, well, whenever this piece comes up, but I like that. Yes. When we are not, paying attention to the red flags and we still go down that road, it then creates this whole other avalanche mm -hmm. behind it that just snowballs because then we feel shame. Mm -hmm. Then we feel frustration or anger or disappointment or, and, or have to, um, uh, um, sorry, she could edit this out. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, that we have to, what, whatever consequences have come about from us mm. ignoring mm -hmm. that red flag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then we have to deal with that. Right. Versus, okay, I don't know what this is. I just know it's a big fat no. Yeah. It's too hard. It's, yeah. And I can't keeps, go there. Yeah. I don't need to know anything else. Because yeah. personally, I've gone down the nose. Yeah. And have had so many burns on my butt that, okay, I don't even need to know that anymore. Yeah. I just know that this is a no. Mm -hmm. Not that I still always follow them, but right. no, but yeah, but I mean, <laughs> because again, it's an ongoing practice. We're not looking for perfection. The mistakes are there to teach us. Right. So, so it's not about like, oh, I totally got it this time. I mean, this is something that I personally <laughs> used to struggle with a lot is, you know, anytime that I would work with a coach or, you know, one of my intuitive friends and my question would be, you know, like, how do I, how do I, this thing is this thing. I feel held back is this my intuition holding me back or is this my fear holding me back? Mm -hmm. Is this my intuition saying, you know, this is not for you right now or ever or whatever. Or is this just my fear saying like, you just got to push through it. You know, you have, right. you need to embrace it and bring it into your circle and then, and then move forward. And I had, I had a really hard time with this for a long time and I still struggle with it sometimes. But what I have found is that when, when the question comes up initially, is this my fear? Is this my intuition? If I do practice my yoga, if I get a little quiet, um, if I do some breathing, if I allow my physiological responses to that moment of question and the fear and anxiety that comes up around it, if I let that calm down a little bit, if I let it, mm. let it go a little bit and just be with the discomfort, then often I'm led to the discernment, you know, um, whether it's through meditation or it's just sitting with it for a few days, like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm not going to make this decision right now. I'm just going to wait and just see it play out, look for signs, look for confirmations. If I act, you know, if I move this way, what happens? If I move that way, what happens? Um, and this, there's so many situations in which we face things like this. Should I buy this house? Should I keep renting my place? Do I go for this job? Do I need to move cross country? Should I marry this person? You know, like all of these things. Every day. You know, every day. Um, and again, like it can paralyze us or we can learn to tap into the flow of things, you know, mm -hmm. and when things are in alignment, my personal belief is that when things are in alignment, um, even when the fear is there, there's 
there's not really a wall of resistance that you're bumping up against. Mm-hmm. There might be like a veil of resistance mm-hmm. or like a, like a membrane of resistance, you know, but you can kind of push into it mm-hmm. and you feel that it gives mm-hmm. and then you can move through it. Right. Versus like when it's just a big old brick wall right in front of you and it's and just... And your stomach is one big huge knot. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. All the time. All the time. Right. There's no subsiding, you know. Right. There's so many ways to feel in your body how you are aligning yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this piece. So I've been rereading uh, this book by BKS Iyengar called Light on Life. It's one of my favorite books. And there's a piece where um, he talks about, you know, just understanding like the interaction of the body and the breath and all these different layers of who we are and really what the, what the, what it looks like to move into wholeness. And if it's okay, I'd love to just share it. it. I I think it just, his language really illustrates, I think very uh, tangibly what it is that we're kind of talking about. Um, so this is in the context of like, why, why do yoga? Why do a yoga pose? Why do asana practice? Asana being the name for like a posture or pose. Mm-hmm. Um, the practice of asana clears the inner channels for prana to move freely and uninterruptedly. If the nerves are corroded and blocked with stress, how can prana circulate? Asana and pranayam, which is the word for like breathing practices, uh, asana and pranayama practice removes the partition that segregates body and mind. That's the piece Mm. that I really kind of want to... Asana and pranayam remove the partition that segregates body and mind. Together, they dispel darkness and ignorance. In a sense, it's asana practice that opens the gateway to excellence and perfection. It breaks the rigidity and hardness of the inner body. And this allows the unrhythmic breath to become rhythmic, deep, slow, and soothing. Then... Pranayama, in its turn, clears and soothes the feverish brain, making way for reason and clarity of thought and lifting the mind toward meditation. Mm. And it's, you know, like this is a very specific context and I get that and yoga is not for everyone and I also get that. But to me, it just sort of illustrates this point that, first of all, we are a whole system and there are lots of different aspects of that system that we can tend to. So when these fears come up for us, are we breathing into it or are we holding our breath? That's mm-hmm. often our first physiological response <laughs> is you take a gasp and you hold your breath. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so are you able to move from there into, okay, I'm going to start going into my slow rhythmic breathing. Maybe I need to like get some energy out of my body first. Maybe I do need to come into some poses or just run for two minutes or, you know, there's lots of things that we train children around in terms of how to get out their nervous yeah. energy, right? Mm-hmm. So that they can find themselves in their calm space. It's the same for adults. We just, we just you know, forget. We just forget. Because <laughs> we feel like we look silly or whatever, you know? Or we feel like we've got it all together. Right, right. The image, right? Right. So we, so we let the body, you know, we allow the body to let go of some energy. And then that makes room for the breath to come through. And then that helps the mind to come into clarity and our thoughts to move more Within, with alignment mm. and then that triggers our higher intuition and our wisdom from deep within and then the clarity comes around the questions that we mm-hmm. need to answer and we feel that really deep within ourselves and that bliss layer of who we are as well you know we sort of check it against our programming like yeah is this what's going to is this is this cool is this gonna is this gonna work with the system yeah it's gonna work with mm-hmm. the system so let's move forward then and I do love this piece that you just brought in because in our space of privilege, mm-hmm. I can completely relate to the steps that you just went through because when I am in that place of fear and fight or flight and not knowing and anxiety, 
if I breathe, mm-hmm. if I go for a run or go for a walk or just get outside, if I do yoga, if I meditate, any or all of the above mm-hmm. brings me back into that space of alignment, mm-hmm. that space of love, that space of clarity, of knowing myself, mm-hmm. um, trusting of myself. So it brings me in, back into that space of oneness. Mm-hmm. To then be able to make that decision. Mm-hmm. We forget. I forget. We do. Yeah. I totally forget. As I mm-hmm. was completely wrapped up in my own stuff this morning, mm-hmm. I forgot all of it. Mm-hmm. Although I, I will say I was running, which is good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or walking in our 50 mile an hour wind that we right. had this morning. But I mean, in that space of muck that we get in, mm-hmm. I mean, we tend to just forget every key that we've ever been taught Mm -hmm. and then put ourselves in this little bitty microcosm on the planet that, Oh my God, I must be the only person on the planet Mm -hmm. thinking and feeling all of this right Right. now. And I've separated myself from everybody else. Right. And then I'm in this spiral. Right. Of fear. Yeah. And choosing and making that choice to get back into love takes the steps. Like it just doesn't happen. You have to make that conscious choice, Mm -hmm. the conscious steps of getting back into that space of love um, of trust and faith, which are all in the same, but to have that space of faith and trust, you have to come to that space of love to then bring you back into the divine oneness mm-hmm. and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The love brings us into that desire for connection, that desire for wholeness and oneness because mm-hmm. it's a connective integrative force. It brings things together. I mean, really, because we all want it. Right. We all want to feel one with somebody else. You Sure. Who doesn't want to feel connected? We all want to yeah. feel connected. Yeah. To everyone. Yeah. And, and especially within ourselves, you know, to have that sense of integrity. And integrity meaning like, like the, the container holds itself, mm-hmm. right? I'm safe. I'm valuable. I'm important. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. Mm, thank you. Wow. That was fast today. Mm-hmm. Fast and full of information. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks to my producer, Margaret Spencer. You can learn more at taradavis.me. Catch this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Any information we talked about today will be in our show notes. While you're there, be sure to click on the subscribe button so you'll always have the latest episode ready to go. And remember to share this with your friends. The more we expand our thinking and our world, the more we can affect change. I'll see you next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.